1: i'm ben and you're listening to the sound logic podcast this is mike each episode we discuss one of music's greatest albums from rolling stone magazine's top 500 list
0: brought to you by two guys with no credentials
1: welcome back everyone to the sound logic podcast and today we are discussing album number 11 which is the sun sessions by elvis presley
0: if you caught our uh teaser episode this week you know that mike and i have determined uh pretty much without a doubt that this is the artist we have the closest tie to based on uh, a relative in our family tree named ed weidman who played for just a a couple of performances with the king um, in his iconic aloha from hawaii show so i don't know that we'll ever get any closer than that but it's kind of a neat little uh, piece of our family history and uh so it should be fun it should be fun to listen to this album together
1: yeah absolutely and that that recording you referred to was a 73 concert this album the music from it, we'll get into some of the details the music from it was from way back in the 50s but but yes that is our uh six degrees of separation and uh and possibly the closest we'll ever get to one of these artists on the list. Maybe someone from the band, we have some sort of tie in. I'll dig I'll I'll pull out the family trees for the Kitchener Waterloo area and see if maybe Garth Hudson from the band pops up there. Yeah. Um, So Ben, had you listened to this album by Elvis before?
0: No. And in fact, I was a little bit surprised to see uh, a compilation album this high on the list. This is our first one. And uh, so not only, I'm not sure that I could say I've listened to any of this album all the way through, but I was a bit surprised to discover the first one that they selected was uh, a selection of of songs.
1: Um, Right, and I have a theory as to why that is, which we'll get into later. mm -hmm. Um, I also had not listened to it. I knew one song, uh, which is just a cover, which is what all the songs basically are. I don't think Mm -hmm. some of them might have been original, but most are covers. Mm -hmm. And I want to do something a little different for this episode, Ben. And usually we talk about preconceived notions kind of later on, but a lot of times we've already kind of gone through that. And for this album and maybe some of the other albums where we haven't listened to them, I thought we'd talk about that at the top. So did you have any preconceived notions of what you thought this album would be before you listened to it?
0: So I knew it was from a, a phase of his career, uh, and so I, I assumed it was going to kind of be a greatest hits um, from that time period, stuff that he recorded in the specific studio. Um, so I guess that's the extent of my preconceived notions. The, the cover art looks kind of classic, and uh, I guess I, would, I assumed that it was going to be older Elvis music. Right. Even though the date was nineteen seventy six,
1: yeah, uh, early more more country style dress yeah. there. Yeah, uh, I also I thought it would be more like early rock, more like Hound Dog, and not quite as kind of honky tonk country. Mm. Um, that that was my thoughts on it. The other than that, I didn't really know what to expect because yeah. I hadn't even I hadn't even heard of the album to be honest with you. Me neither. Okay, good. I'm wearing good <laughs> company. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I hadn't. So, um, anything else before we get into some
0: details about it? From my understanding, the reason that this compilation was necessary was that the songs were originally recorded in a time period when uh, artists didn't really complete, especially pop artists, didn't really complete full albums. They would release singles. Right, yes. And um, and so yep, this these songs never really were an album. Um, and, and so compiling them into one sort of gave the, gave these songs a home. They were just mm-hmm. floating, floating out there in the ether. Uh, even though they were very popular songs, they never really had an album to call home until this was released in the seventies.
1: Right. They were, they were uh, previously released on singles between 54 and 55. Right. Um, if Some of them may not have been released, I'm not 100% sure. Uh, but the album itself, The Sun Sessions, was released March 21st, 1976. And as you said, this is a compilation album. Uh, it's not a greatest hits per se, although some of the songs were loved. It wasn't, wasn't the greatest hits, it was a compilation. Uh, it was not written by Elvis, and I don't think he wrote hardly any of his music in his lifetime. Uh, most were written for him. Uh, it was written by just a bunch of different people. Some covers, a few originals, maybe, or just other people in the industry. Yeah, um, it did chart. It charted to seven, number seventy-six on the U.S. Uh, Billboard Top 200, number two on the U.S. Country charts, and in the UK it went to sixteen. So it 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 was slightly more than just a blip on the radar. It did. It was noticed, um, of course. You know, in the 70s, anything Elvis releases, people are still interested in it. Even if he's not number one anymore at this time, he still certainly is the king. Mm-hmm. And all these songs were recorded in Sun Studios between 54 and 55. And this is before Elvis's self-titled debut album in 56. Mm-hmm. So as you said, none of these songs were on any album had only been released on singles. So uh, that's exactly what it was. They they gave it a home. They gave the early music a home altogether. And I think there would have been a lot of fans, especially earlier fans, who would have been very interested in this to, maybe as their Elvis had changed, changed his image, changed his lifestyle perhaps, it was probably a hearkening back to uh, a simpler alvis maybe mm. more innocent alvis this is a uh, nostalgia and a very, record in, yeah in a sense. absolutely yeah,
0: yeah. and a, a seminal um grouping of songs too that's all right mama uh is often listed as the first uh rock and roll single yes um and it's found on this selection of songs um yes I think Rolling Stone magazine claims that, uh, although it's, it's widely disputed, um, there are lots of other songs that came out in a similar kind of era that, that others have pointed to. But I think this is maybe one, uh, I think because of the iconic nature of Elvis and the way that he was able to break through in a time when the rock and roll sound was pretty obscure, uh, he kind right. of made it popular, even if uh, he perhaps wasn't the first one to record a rock and roll song.
1: Well, I do want to touch on that a little later for sure. Okay. That's definitely going to come up again. And that is significant. Mm-hmm. Very significant. Yeah. The artwork is interesting. It's not a photo. It's a, it's like a drawing. Yeah. Um, of Elvis on stage with his classic, you know, up on his toes kind of pose with his knees wide out. You know, we yeah. can imagine him in motion here holding on to the mic stand with a big steel guitar around his neck. Um with some uh, the, the drawings in the there's like a backdrop and there's drawings of faces but you can only see the mouths yeah and it looks like the really mouths weird. of like you can see kind of from the neck up to the nose of they look like girls you know screaming fans it's kind of it's very it's very dated there's white stars in front of elvis and it just says on the top left elvis the sun session so again very it harkens back to the 50s 100 percent. it probably the artwork probably was from the 50s yeah his it, hair um, his collar his scarf
0: reminds me of like a, a 1980s textbook cover Oh. <laughs> so maybe 90s, something that we would have had. Is, uh, our, our textbooks were.
1: were <laughs> I felt like our textbooks were from the 50s. <laughs> yeah, <probably. laughs> That's what it felt like. <laughs> um, yeah, absolutely. Um, this album has 16 tracks on it. Did you have any favorites?
0: If I had to pick favorites, it would be well (laughs) i like i like a couple of these i like blue moon of kentucky i like uh i don't care if the sun don't shine um uh i like you're a heartbreaker it's got a real sort of twang to it but i think the one that i was drawn to the most was blue moon um (laughs) oh really because of uh uh, MXPX cover album that you had in, that Oh, come through. on <laughs> 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 Oh, I forgot that they did that one <laughs> uh, And so that brought oh. back from this To uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> our, our friends from Magnified Cloud
1: <laughs> Oh, and it's it's a pretty awful rendition too, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah It just feels like uh, They didn't try a whole lot to Wow make their own, But <laughs> Wow That's cool uh, the, I forgot it. Man Okay I'm gonna have to go listen to that album Yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, Yeah Blue Moon Was already a classic Yeah I think I think that was Was that Rogers and Hart Oh no, no, no I got it wrong. That was um... Yes yeah, so it was Rogers and Hart Rogers and Hart Wrote that um. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, I really like "That's All Right, Mama." Great song. Um, I've had it in my head many days in the last few weeks. I'm left, you're right, she's gone.
0: Huh?
1: Oh, wonder why.
0: It's a neat. It's a neat, catchy it's a neat
1: line and, too, isn't it? And clever, like yeah. clever. Um. Yeah. Left or right, she's gone Yeah, just just kind of clever And this is the next track uh, We've already mentioned actually In our podcast Baby Let's Play House Because yeah. Sean Lennon stole the line The infamous line that we talked about From the last track on Rubber Soul um, I'd rather see her dead Than see her with another man Sumble. Which <laughs> It's awful I was talking to my wife about it And you know she was shaking her head and we both mused that it was probably just cute you know oh he loves her so much you know and like you no, know, I, I don't even think anyone would have batted an eye in 55 probably not at that line um unfortunately we're, and i think we feel obviously feel much different about it now yeah. it's not <laughs> my comment was like like that I mean, we know what happened back then too, but now we don't. Like that happens, mm-hmm. so that's not funny and it's not cute. Mm-hmm. And you said John Lennon did uh, did regret that later on. Said like that didn't kind of yeah, he didn't, I didn't feel great about
0: that. So. There wasn't a ton of stuff on it, but yeah, he was not uh, necessarily proud no, kind of, of that. Of and uh, no. in fact, I think uh, had said a couple of times that song in particular was one of
1: his least favorite Beatles. Uh, right yeah yeah so uh i also like your heartbreaker that's a good one um and the other ones i mean when i think about the album as a whole it's kind of all got the same feel Uh, sometimes i can't really tell the songs apart you know unless i'm really paying attention and i'm not trying to be negative when i say that because there's nothing wrong with this album The songs i I find the recording quality is quite good good. yeah actually um it's it's quite crisp the the instruments are played well and fairly uh the guitar playing for its time is quite good Mm -hmm. and i like it it's great music there's nothing wrong with it but it is all kind of the same thing but as you said it's all it all would have been very new and the way they played These kind of country and blues songs was very different, and that's what set it apart, right? Um,
0: Oh, I was just going to say, is this the oldest recording we've we've covered so far?
1: Right. So, yeah, that's true. There's a couple. There's this is a couple firsts on the list. It's the first compilation album as we mentioned it's the first recording from the 50s even though it's not the first album that was released in the 50s because it was released in 76 right and the next album we're going to talk about next week which is miles davis kind of blue was released in 59 but this music was recorded before that in fifty four and fifty five. Right. So yes, this is the oldest so far.
0: And it does sound um, on like a lesser quality of recording than even kind of glue, which we'll get to next week.
1: But better than better than Highway Sixty One <laughs> Oh man, it's sorry. So <laughs> no, it's the gift that keeps it's giving. Um, and then the other kind of first on the top 500 list is this is the first album where the artist or the band hasn't been involved in any of the writing. Like from what yeah. we know, I mean, Elvis, you know, put his flavor into the the vocals, and he might have strummed a little guitar, but. He wasn't involved in any of the songwriting. He was a performer. No credits. And he was a performer. And all the other uh, bands and artists we've listened to so far not only were performers, but were creators. They wrote and produced uh, almost all the music. And most of them did it all on their own, whether it was the band together or just the solo artists. Might have had some other musicians. But didn't have a lot of other songwriters Helping them produce it So this is, this is also very different yeah. In that sense My question that I had uh, I had a few But one of them was Was this album Significant in 1976 And if it was, why? And I think we talked about that a little earlier That the nostalgia of it Yeah But does it make this album, and I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but does it make this album great, that it was released in 76? Were people just kind of longing for that sound again, that they didn't mind that it was 20 years old, that they were happy to get that sound again? Any thoughts on that?
0: The one thought that did come to my mind is that um, U2's uh, Best of 80 to 90 um, came out in. Whew. Okay, so here I just looked it up. Early 2000s. Uh, 1998. Right? So it wasn't quite
1: as far away.
0: Oh, uh, really? As I was assuming. It was in 98. I was thinking it was a little
1: later than that. but um, I thought it was later than that. So that would have been right after Pop. Those were
0: songs that were already on albums, but it felt appropriate, especially for fans of that band, to sort of hold. Um, songs from a certain era together in a greatest hits kind of collection. So I could imagine uh, in the seventies, there's still a lot of people, not just nostalgically listening to Elvis, but, but really seriously still fans. And, um, and unlike you too, there wouldn't have been uh, a capsule as we're saying for, for these songs that they probably knew and loved. So I'm guessing it was, it was uh, not unlike, uh, an artist releasing a greatest hits album from another era but but almost even more important because of the way that it it catalogued these and put them together um, My hunch mm-hmm. is that it wasn 't revolutionary and and you know greatest hits albums rarely no. are, but I think it was probably deeply appreciated mm-hmm. because of the circumstance surrounding it i um, <clears throat> It reminds me i think a little bit of uh some of the bands with uh, a bit more of a jam band kind of focus like uh dave matthews band maybe who's fairly popular but fans will still go crazy for uh concert footage when they get to hear songs played in slightly different ways uh, or maybe just really good versions of their favorite songs um in an era when you know, you, you couldn't trade sound recordings in the same way as you can now, uh, where you could only listen to these songs on their you know, vinyl singles. Uh, my hunch is that it would have been great. Right. It would have been a really special thing for, for Elvis fans to finally get their hands on all mm. these in one place and to be able to play them all back to back on an album without having to switch out the record every yes. time.
1: Uh, Right. Yeah. You, you've collected yeah. all the singles and you just listen to two songs at a time yeah. and keep flipping yeah. them over. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Um, yeah, I can, I can buy into that and that's kind of what I came to as well. But I, earlier on, I was trying to figure out why is this here and why, why would it have been important in 76? But I could see that.
0: The simple truth is that, um, Elvis's later albums were not as seminal because he'd already been around. So no. in creating this yep. compilation, it kind of creates an album for them to pick and lift up as sort of the, I think, I think what, if we've learned anything from these first few albums here is that they're, the they were biased towards albums that changed the trajectory of music. And, and this one being right. included is kind of funny because It takes songs that change the trajectory of music, but songs that weren't actually put into an album (laughs) until 20 years after they were released. And so, uh, yeah, it is is quite a bit different than anything that we've discussed so far.
1: My kind of description of the album when I kind of tried to sum it up in a few words was very good, but not exciting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now that's me listening to music released 20 years ago, recorded 40 years ago. <laughs> yeah. So well, And similar Take it and with similar a grain to assault, Dylan
0: but... and similar to The Stones, um, his voice is so iconic that it's hard yeah. to imagine what music was like before Elvis. And right.
1: Yeah, for sure. Oh, for sure.
0: Even these songs, you know, we'd never listened to them and, uh, in this package, in this way. And yet we knew a lot of them. Uh, even the ones we didn't know seemed familiar. And I think it's because of that quality that he was such a huge star that his presence has permeated pop culture to the point where it doesn't sound um, extraordinary. It just sounds like what we expect rock from this era to sound like. And and so similar to the, those other artists I mentioned, I I listen and I think, well, yeah, that's fine, but that sounds like fifties rock. And I forget that, yeah. There was no 50s rock until
1: this came out. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's right. This was the beginning yeah. of it. So, yeah, no, that's cool. So, I guess you know, on an album that we're not familiar with and not really familiar with the era, there, we we have a little less to say. So, we're getting near the end, but I I want to talk about one more thing, and we'll kind of wrap this into our our sure our judgment of whether it was sound logic or not. You, you touched on this earlier Ben According to Rolling Stone The article The 500 article They said rock and roll was born Quote uh, The moment that Elvis recorded well, That's alright right, mama you. In the studio Because The the guy who was playing guitar for him Played it and he sang it And the producer stopped him and said What are you guys doing? And they said, oh, we took this, you know, uh, we're just goofing around. We took this blues song. We're just playing it different. He said, do it again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's great. And that's how they did the, the songs. And that is what Rolling Stone says. And as you said, it's disputed, but probably not too many people are going to argue that that was the birth hmm. of rock and roll. And I think that that's why they put this album I think so. at number 11, because it captures that moment. And that's all
0: right, Mama is not the, on another this,
1: album. That's
0: right. Um, so if you want to say this is the beginning, this is the only album you've got to choose
1: from. It's the only album you could pick. So I don't think they're picking it because this was a great album. Like it was a good album and, and nostalgic and all those things that people wanted in 1976. I don't think it was that important in 76. That's not why they picked it or because put together it's so great. because it captures that one moment that is so significant in the history of rock and roll and everything that came after it. Um, and I would almost be more comfortable with actually putting one of the singles (laughs) in the 11th spot to say, when this came out, this was, this was it. This is what shook the world of music. And we're still playing this type of music today. Uh, so from my perspective, I don't think it was Sound Logic to put this album here at number 11. Top 50? Sure, because the music was significant. It was influential. Obviously, Elvis is the king, and he was greatly influential. I think for the same reason that some of the other albums, like Highway 61 Revisited, I just can't get into that album. And some of the things, there's so many problems with it but it's got like a rolling stone on it. So it's got to be in the top five. I I, I stand by that um, reasoning why they put it yeah. there. And I think this is very similar. So personally, I would say it. if you told me there's only 10 albums ever released that are greater than this, I would tell you you're out of your mind because there's no way.
0: And I guess the reverse argument is none of those 10 albums would be here if not for this music.
1: And I totally agree with that. 100%. Um, So how do you respect that when you're making this list? How do you capture that? And how do you make sure that that influential moment is represented, even if the album wasn't great? So I understand the dilemma. I understand the reasoning. I'm, I'm on board. I just... I'm still stuck and uh, you know, I'm somewhat legalistic. I'm still stuck on the title of the list, the greatest albums. And I don't believe this is one of the greatest albums. Um, I think what it represents, if if we're talking, if you made a list of the, the top 100 most influential moments in rock and roll history, (laughs) then this moment is probably number one.
0: That's all right. Shows up on Rolling Stone's, list of the greatest songs of all time. So that seemed, that seemed Perfect. far more specific and, 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 I,
1: <laughs> and important. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. and more appropriate because it wasn't this album that was great. It was just the, that song that that's on it, that it represents that previous time. And like you said, this is the only album that it's on. Yeah. So they had to take well, it. So and, I, uh, oh, that's my feeling on it. I don't want to beat totally a dead horse. I totally agree with but... you.
0: And I think my criticism is the same. I do think, um elvis is cursed with the the moment in time where he's releasing music um because albums just weren't put Mm. together in the same way as they are now in the early 50s uh if this song creates rock and roll four years later it gets put on an album um because in the early 60s that's what they did and so you know some of its timing um right yeah yeah Uh, but so, so yeah, I guess that's my only hesitation. I, I don't, I mean, we've already discussed uh, some, I don't know, biases may be too strong of a word, but a desire in our musical journey as, as people consuming music to appreciate an artist's vision of an album. And this, this is not that this is a producer 20 years after the fact, throwing songs Mm -hmm. together. And and that's that's where I think my hesitation lies in including this on the top albums. It's okay, the yep. um it's the retroactive way that this was formed. It's it's a little unfair, like I said, because of how music was produced at the time. But if we're gonna allow for this kind of a greatest hits album, there should be no reason that a band like Rush uh shouldn't be concluded on these albums with a, a greatest hits album of theirs. Uh you know, if a band struggles to release an album that's worthy of being great, but their greatest hits is incredible. Um, you know, I'm guessing we'd have all greatest hits albums on this list.
1: If the the list is only about kind of the overall presence of a band or sound or a bunch of really great songs, then yeah, the list may as well just be a bunch of, but that's not what the list is unless, unless, you know, after we're 11 albums in and I've totally misunderstood what the list is supposed to be. (laughs) Um, but I still take it as, you know, the greatest albums. And to me, um, this just doesn't quite fit that criteria. I think it belongs, like I said, it belongs on another, on a different list. And as you said, it, it, that song already is. And if it was moments or artists, um, yes, absolutely. I'm a hundred percent on board, but if it's just albums, uh, no, thank you. Mike, how much of this,
0: how much of this gut reaction that we're having is com- is colored by the dynamic that Elvis didn't write this as well? Is that is that also influencing our our thought process here?
1: That doesn't bother me because to me that has nothing to do with the quote greatness of a release. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Personally, um, you know, if greatness has to do with how it sounds and how it was recorded and how it was received and how it was influenced. I mean, anybody could write it. I think there's something special about an artist who produces and writes their own music. I think that's special, but that's different. I, I might feel differently about it, but I don't think that would change where I would rank it. If this album came out and absolutely changed the game in 76 and everybody went out and get it and everybody talked about it and you know, it, all those other things that happened because of mm-hmm. peppers and pet sounds and London calling and all those other mm-hmm. things then yes, but no, that, uh, not for me. Um, maybe it does for you tainted a bit, uh, if that's what you're getting at, but it doesn't bother me so much. as just, I just don't see the significance of the album itself.
0: I mean, it is, it, it um, is this interesting dynamic too, in that, um, All these songs were recorded within a year and a half of each other. Uh, So they hypothetically could have been an album um, (laughs) if it was done that way. Uh, And the last six tracks actually did come out on his first album. And so there is a chunk of music here that is on an actual album.
1: Oh, okay, Oh, uh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I, I don't
0: know. It, right. They could they have were, used okay. were, Elvis's yeah. first album in this t- in this slot on the list, and I actually might feel better about that. It wouldn't contain. That's all right. Mama, I, I, I would be but way it would more have comfortable. That same with it. sound oh, yeah. quality and sound style that was so transformative at the time in
1: 1956 when it came out. Um. Well, it's. Just, I I think that the Beatles revolver set them up as a band to release. Yeah. Sergeant peppers, which is the greatest album of all time, right. according to this list. So I have no problem with saying that, you know, just because something led to something else doesn't mean that that thing that came before is the greatest. Cause it's not, it's significant cause it, it set that up. But so in the same way, I would have been if his, his first album, it would have been cool if that album and the clashes London calling could have been side by side on the list because the cover uses the same lettering (laughs) Um, his debut album in London calling. So that would have been fun if they they could have done that. What were (laughs) they thinking? But um, yeah, no, I, I, I thought about that earlier in kind of researching this, that I would have been more comfortable with his debut being in this spot because that, well, that was when he was launched into the, you know, into the spotlight. I'm, I'm sure lots of people knew about him before that, but certainly many more when he released his first full yep. album. So, yeah, for sure. Let's call up Pearl Stone and tell him <laughs> what we think. And I'm waiting for the day. I'm waiting for. I'm waiting for the phone to <laughs> ring. The day when somebody the, who made this list comes across our <laughs> podcast and just. Just lights us up. <laughs> is well, that going to happen?
0: Maybe. We'll see. <laughs> uh, I was going to say, uh, <laughs> you know, we're we're leaning heavily on this being included simply for That's All Right Mama. And I think there is a really good case right. to say that that was not the first rock and roll song. And it is okay. somewhat disrespectful to put uh, the white guy who made it sort of generically popular across the country to to label him as the creator rather than uh some of the artists who came before him this the other song that often gets gets quoted is rocket 88 and it sounds like a faster paced jazz riff but it's it's got some of that that's all right mama kind of feel to it um as a rock and roll song and and if you go to there's a wikipedia article uh, called <laughs> the origin of Ro- origins of rock and roll and they list i think there's got to be a hundred songs on here starting in the 1920s and sort of building a case for how how rock and roll was created <laughs> it, it actually ends with that's all right um as sort hmm. of you know that was actually a culmination of what became rock and roll rather than the origin of rock and roll and so uh, yeah I don't know it, right. there is definitely something to be said about the way Elvis popularized a sound but um, especially the racial component building on the backs of predominantly black African American musicians uh, and being the one to sort of break through I think is is the part that gives me the most pause so that's a, a story for a whole other episode and, uh, yeah right. so sound logic I don't think so it's not it's not a bad record it doesn't make me cringe when I listen we weren't around in the 50s to know how powerful this music was you know I I know why they put it there the logic I can see I can see why it's not it's not a
1: selection I would well and like we said before if you need an Elvis album in the number 11 spot I think it should be his debut yeah
0: even though he was already very popular by then. I mean, maybe that's the tension that they were dealing with. Like, yeah. that debut was not his breakthrough. Well. And so, so then what? So then you're kind of stuck with that dynamic of, you know, do we put the debut after he's been famous or do we put the album that came out 20 years later that catalogs those first major hits that made him a star? Yep. And I don't know, I guess we could go around in circles for days.
1: As the kids say, the struggle is real.
0: Yeah, that's right.
1: So, is that what they say?
0: Sure. And they'd probably throw something in about it being meta. And uh, <laughs> Oh, geez. <laughs> uh, yeah.
1: Well, yeah. Anything else? I think we've done this one as much as we can do it.
0: I, I keep going back to uh, Forrest Gump. I don't know, maybe that says something about... Uh, <laughs> At least my musical introduction to classic rock, but uh, Elvis was a pretty yep. prominent Hound. figure in that movie and that
1: soundtrack. And, uh, Hound Dog. Yeah. Um, because a uh, uh, young Forrest Gump teaches him all his rock and roll yeah. moves in his, in his bedroom at the, the big right. boarding house in Greenbow, Alabama.
0: Does Elvis show up anywhere else on this list? Yes. He shows up. Uh, down there at number 56 and that's his debut album so they (laughs) they thought enough to include his debut album which contains five songs from this sun sessions uh yeah it's strange really bizarre
1: yeah i uh personally i would have i would have switched those you know you can you can see the significance of these recordings yeah but I think that that so yeah he's in there and then uh, he does show up again does he not yeah uh, Elvis from uh, from Elvis in Memphis number 190 and that's it hmm. so three so three albums from yeah. the King on the list or Uncle Elvis as he's referred to in our family <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right. Well, if if you have nothing else to add, then I want to thank everyone for listening to us once again and hope that you will join us next time when we discuss finally a jazz album Ooh. at number 12, which is Kind of Blue by Miles Davis. Could be a
0: challenge for me. I'm I'm excited to wrestle with a genre that I don't really give much time to.
1: Well, hopefully we'll we'll see that you can open your your mind and your heart to uh, something new. You take your first steps into a larger world. That's an Obi Wan Kenobi uh, quote <laughs> there for you. Well, maybe we need to find an expert
0: to join us. Let's have someone. Let's have someone on. That I think episode.
1: that's. I think that's a. I think that's a great idea. Deal. And they can help us understand it. As always, it was great talking to you again. Thanks, my friend. And. Uh, look forward to our next album it's a date if you like what you hear subscribe on your favorite podcast app and write a review
0: send us a message at our facebook page on instagram or through our SoundLogic podcast twitter feed thanks for listening